listening to The Chartographers. It is a music-loving podcast for music-loving people where we take every single album by a particular artist and we rank it from worst to first. It's a thing that we do. It is what we've always done. Never any other catchphrases. Don't worry about it. So, guys, listen, uh, we've done a great job of picking this season, like, artists that we've been meaning to get into that we have, like, maybe we are not as familiar with or whatever. But this time, we're picking an extraordinarily, gloriously idiosyncratic choice, a group that may not be a part of the conversation. that word a lot. What? Idiosyncratic. I, it is. It's, it's, I think it's it gets fitting. featured a lot on this podcast. It's also a sponsor of the podcast. The word idiosyncratic. Use it in a sentence today. But Thanks, more important, yeah. But more importantly, though, uh, this is a group. I would say that when it comes to conversations of the greatest albums of all time, this is a group that generally doesn't come up a lot. Beloved by fans all the world over, however, this does come up a lot. Quite frankly, they are a very beloved college rock band that have grown and expanded in a lot of different ways. That's right, guys. We're taking our little uh, jet set tickets all the way over to fucking Massachusetts, and we are going to talk about the one, the only, that band that you heard in a college coffee shop one time, and somehow they're successful now. That's right, guys. We're talking about Guster. Uh, Thunder God, if you're nasty. So uh, Guster, basically, they are a uh, group that came out of Massachusetts. It's Ryan, Brian, and Adam. Uh, they have a love of bongos and also a sense of acoustic songwriting sense. Thunder God is the nickname the fans have given Brian, the drummer, because of the way he, you know, plays everything with his hands. Brian also, I don't, don't, huh. don't fucking ask me, all right? You guys are the fans on this goddamn podcast, okay? Fair enough. We were just watching something about that, in a, you know, a minute ago, yeah. Exactly. Was it him being called Thunder God? No, no. How like he he did the bongo the hand bongo oh, yeah. point it, and then they just walked away from that exactly because like I mean, also like it's kind of he a gimmick. still uses his right hands oh yeah, yeah absolutely there's a lot to talk about especially in terms of bongos and how many times bongos comes up in this fucking band's discography it's like late era Harry Nilsson when he uses the fucking steel drums it's great anyway but uh, Guster they have come a long ways from their uh, basically uh, Tufts College roots to the point where they are now like a very successful very popular group that still tours to this day they have a very fascinating discography and we also just found out today that they have an album that may be coming out later this year but for the main reason we're going to be talking about their albums from 1995 to 2015 it's going to be a great time we're excited about it and most importantly guys we got the fucking people to do it to do the ranking to do the talk and i'm so excited about it most importantly out of all of them we have me, I'm Evan Sani. You might know me. I'm an interviews editor over at Pop Matters. You probably see my writing in Yardmark or other places. But most importantly, guys, uh, I am here because of this person sitting next to me, the Brian to my Ryan. That's right, guys. We're talking about the one, the only, the co-creator of the podcast, Taryn O'Reilly's in studio. Taryn. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. Oh, we're doing voices now. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. It's interesting because I feel like there were a couple artists this season that you and I have been like kind of familiar with that we've done deep dives on. Mm-hmm. This is the one of the rare times where like I have almost zero familiarity yeah. with the artist, and this is a group you have loved for a long time. Yeah, we've had a small number of those. Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely one of the biggest ones where like I you know this I didn't, I didn't need to do a ton of research. Like, yeah. you know, I still listen to everything obviously. I mostly needed to listen to the first album and the last album, mm-hmm. but everything else I was <laughs> very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Raised on this shit. Uh, I'll talk about all the times I've seen them live in the happy hour, but yeah. um, yes, I am incredibly familiar with Guster. Which is great, and someone else is going to talk about them live in the happy hour because they have a lot of notes, and is actually <laughs> the guest that we have right now, aside from being our Guster Guester, he's also a very dear Aww. friend, and I've mentioned it before, and it's worth mentioning again, he ran a site for a while called Filmthew we did a podcast, and initially when we talked about the ranking of franchise films like Pixar, Mission Impossible, what have you, was kind of the genesis for what this podcast was. So Aww. there's a great debt that is owed to yeah. this man. We're very excited to finally have him. Exactly. He is an actor. He is a writer. You can check him out right now on YouTube. Whiskey Delta Films is his production company, and there's a series on there called Post, which is phenomenal. Guys, Dave Coop is in studio. Coop is in the house. Hey, everyone. Coop, how you doing? I'm good. Good. I'm really good. What, so Guster was like one of the bands, like the, one of the first bands that you ever really truly enjoyed? Yeah, or? absolutely. Yeah. I, I grew up listening to movie soundtracks, scores 
predominantly. I mean, yeah. I'm like the Beatles and stuff guy. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, huge into movies and stuff like that. But I remember, yeah, I remember at a, a uh, cast party in high school, Will Nichols put on Two Points for Honesty, and. Done. Sold. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, perfect. they are a fellow Massachusetts band, yeah, so I'm sure absolutely. you had a great appreciation for absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, uh, their discography, thankfully, thank fuckfully, is very, very concise. <laughs> uh, because essentially, like, they don't, I mean, they have, like, Damn, the baby. satellite IP, they have uh, quite a few live albums, a surprising amount of live yeah. albums. Actually. They have 11 live albums <laughs> on, on Spotify. On Spotify. Yeah. There's one, I think it's during the Lost and, no, it's during the Keep It Together tour. They're, like, all from 2005, and they have, like, full sets from, like, six different cities around the U.S., which, like, cool, but also so unnecessary. Right. Especially since that was the same promotion cycle where they put out Guster on Ice. Yeah. Their most famous... Live album. The one I did not know about until this very day. (laughs) Really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you you may... And I I thought I was a big Guster head. I think you may have... uh, You may may be the number one Guster fan in the room. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll talk more about how I was introduced to them later. I will say I feel a little weird that my sister Karita isn't here, because she is the the whole reason I know who they are. Do you need but me to be her? <laughs> I'll put on a wig if necessary. You know what? I think I'm set. <laughs> Thank right. you for offering that. Right, Thankfully, lost. though, uh, for these uh, wonderful groups, they have a very nice discography, which starts with uh, 1995's uh, Bongo-laden Parachute, uh, 1997's slightly more refined Goldfly, there is the 1999 major label debut in this form of Lost and God Forever, there is the much more romanticized version of that, 2003's Keep It Together, there is the self-produced Big Budget album. 2006 is Ganging Up on the Sun. There's the, you know what, Disco's Fun, Easy Wonderful from 2010, also Jesus. And yeah, most important... Disco is really where you're going with Easy uh, Wonderful? Yeah, I don't know about Disco. Disco and Jesus, let's put it that way. Uh, uh, and Disco. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, Disco is a real stretch. It's a reach. It sounds, it's more, sounds more like, you know, it sounds exactly like it's, indie pop rock in yeah. 2010 like what was on alternative radio I don't just because I think they say the word disco once in the lyrics does not mean it is a disco record and the electro pop pop <laughs> that sorry. is 2015's Evermotion <laughs> Uh, and so, long story short, you're so fucking wrong. Uh, but long story short, we got seven albums here, so. and it's great. Have you heard disco? Yeah, and so we're gonna basically gonna rank them all together here. Uh, I feel like, I don't really, yeah, again, we have no other qualifiers. We're obviously not gonna do the live albums there, but there's a lot right. of discography to go into. So most importantly, though, Dave Coop, our dear and wonderful and great friend Hi. Uh, that we have here. Hey, buddy, how you Hi, doing? I'm good. Good. <laughs> I love it. I love that you're here. And most importantly, though, the biggest thing when it comes to this ranking, we always debate them, we toss things out there. Sometimes, you know, we have open minds. I'm willing yeah. to hear arguments. I'm willing to have my mind change. Sometimes I'll fight. You know, it's all part I of the journey, that. the process. But most importantly, we're going to start things off. You're the guest, so you get that special honor. Oh my You're in the hot seat. Yeah. Number seven, Dave Coop. What would you nominate? Oh, Evermotion. Oh, Evermotion. Okay, right right off, really? Right. Okay, yeah. off the grade. Walk us through Evermotion a little bit. Walk us through your feelings, your thoughts. I don't know. I, I, I remember listening. I was super excited. I've I loved Guster forever. I remember Evermotion's the last one. 2015, I... Really connected with a lot of the Guster songs. Like, they've all traveled with me uh-huh. through my life. And I remember just being, I couldn't have been more excited for Forever Motion. I, I was ready to love it. And then it came out, and I remember listening to every single track and just being like, what the hell? I can swear, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. What the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> and and to, to your, uh, I, there was one song, Simple Machine, that I, I that sort of caught me a little bit. And then also, uh, Long Night, I, I, I kind of, I have better feelings for now, but I have to be honest with you, like... When you was, first heard it, it was like, not the it band. Was, yeah, it was one of those moments where you're like, okay, this, I'm... I'm a little nervous about the state of the union of Guster. Right. You know what I mean? And the thing is that, like, I think, and I've done a lot of, like, reading into it there, right there, and I asked Taryn about this earlier today. I said, like, is lead singer-songwriter Ryan Miller, is he, like, kind of resentful of his success? Like, he's in a band, he's making money off that, which is his day job, that's fantastic. But, like, you hear him in interviews and things like that, he's kind of like, you know, they stopped doing, playing Airport Song Live because they played it a lot and people keep throwing ping-pong balls on stage because that's the, the sound that you hear at the end of the song. Like, there's this weird kind of, like, they, there was a, we saw an audio 
audio treat performance they did where they asked him about the taping community, which is a big deal. Yeah. Because, like, hardcore Guster fans would just go to concerts. They'd have, like, trees of, like, tapes they do and, like, kind of, like, mix it down. Like, there's a real, there's a large, fans love this band more yeah. I, more than a lot of other bands we've done. Like, this is a fan-driven band. Mm-hmm. And it's weird how, like, he's just kind of, like, whatever. And, like, I remember reading about Evermotion. He's like, we're changing everything that we've ever done. Like, they just kind of want to completely reinvent themselves. Which I respect. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. but it's almost like because at the same time, like you can still, I mean, you go replace bongos with fucking yeah. drum machines and synth pads, yeah. but you're still the same group of songwriters, though. So I don't yeah. know how much you're really going to be able to fully change yourself. Well, okay, it's, so, yeah, well, I was just going to say, I mean, if you're going to reinvent yourself, why would you reinvent yourself into like late '80s Fleetwood Mac? Yeah, <laughs> like of all the sounds to go for, I I really don't know why this is like. Kind of this drab electro pop. Yeah. 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 And it, you know, Ryan is a perfectly emotive, not perfectly, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's emotive, he's emotive enough yeah. in general, yeah. you know, where, right. where, yeah. whereas I feel like because of the like reverb laden production on this album, that gets lost a bit. Yeah. And, you know, I, I won't say that it's my number seven. But I do agree that it's there. There are a lot of disappointments on here. You mentioned sim- liking Mi- Simple Machine. I cannot fucking stand <laughs> I love that, the verse. On, the verse melody on Simple Machine that. Oh no no! Oh yeah, so bad. <laughs> no no, you're right. Um, it's, I'm just a simple like when yeah. it kicks into that, it's nice. Which, yeah, that but is, it's it's like good enough. Yeah. You know, I do I That's do how I feel about the album. Enjoy yeah. I do enjoy the um, sort of psychedelia of Lazy Love, but then also right before Lazy Love is doing it by myself, which again I really Steel like. Drums, baby. I really like the chorus and the horns in the outro to the chorus, but oh man, dude, never. No one ever, ever, ever should use a steel drum synth pad. <laughs> just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. And that's that's a, cu- a couple times on this album. I forget the other one that's, that is, I think it might be Expectation. Anyway, there's another, there are some other really bad synth choices where yeah. I'm just like, uh, if you weren't self-producing this, someone would have shot this down. Well, you know, the fact that it was actually the uh, Shins producer they brought in to do this. You know what? That kind of explains it. I'm serious. Yeah. And like, and like the melody, the verse melody for Kid Dreams Mm -hmm. is, um, reminds me of that Uh, fucking Keen song. Oh yeah. Uh, Someone I used to know. Yes. Some, somebody, no, someone I used to know. Yeah. Anyway. But then, yeah, there's another song in here where. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then there's another, because it's I Walked Across. It's, yeah, it's literally the same. But then there's another... Which song is it that cops 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover? Uh, That's on this record, too, isn't it? Yeah. It, was it endlessly? No, it wasn't endlessly. Yeah, I can't... It, probably Kid Dreams. I don't give a shit. Honestly. Like, it's one of the things where, like... I will say, though, when I went into this album, like, I you know, because I went in just dry. Yeah. And so Long Night, as an opener... I loved and I still love to this yeah. day. Like the fact that they're able to find kind of that nice little like groovy mid temple thing. Yeah. Like it's just kind of this. They have a very nice vibe that's going on there lyrically. He feels very engaged with it. But and then the rest of the album happens and I'm just kind of like, yeah. You know, like it's just like it, it was more. And it wasn't say they were necessarily bad songs. I mean, I do agree doing it by myself with the fucking steel drums is a little yeah. bit much. But like it's not a bow down. It's just like, man, you kind of went a little bit generic. Like they sanitized the edges of Guster. Yes. You know what I mean? It feels very pristine. And there pristine. weren't a lot of edges to begin with. <laughs> no, it's yeah. Guster. They were like, you know, they were like a pentagram at most, and yeah. now it's just a circle. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, or pentagon. Whatever. You knew that. <laughs> but here's the um, thing. I mean, they got a song called Demons. I mean, exactly. might be right. I might be right. Exactly. They are a Satan band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> rebranding. Rebranding. <laughs> I mean, they only ever talk about Jesus in the context of, like, pop culture. Yeah. You know? So let's say. Like, mm, yeah. But I will say, though, like, I'm not going to fight hard for Evermotion going low. I just have one other candidate that I have to put out there. Yeah, I think we, got we all it. know it's coming. Oh, we absolutely know. It's yeah. got to be fucking Parachute, parachute. Yeah. man. I'm sorry. Dude, those... It, yeah, they're yeah. on the same... And the thing yeah. is that, like, Parachute... I would. Here's the other thing I would say about, like, Evermotion is a, you know, product of songwriters that have been doing it for a while, so, like, they can do a generic song, and I'm not sure what the worst offense is doing a generic, forgettable song or a bad song. Yeah. Because the thing is on Parachute, there are... 
some bad songs. And also, the one thing we're like, I know they like, you know, basically made it themselves. Essentially, they had some outside producer on there who doesn't know how to produce fucking bongos. Because legitimately, yeah. that's their primary percussion instrument that they have on there. And there are times when it starts out like very quietly and then the chorus happens and suddenly the volume like blows up. You're just like, whoa, you know, it just kind of, it feels yeah. very shoddy. It feels very held together by duct tape. Also, I don't feel like they knew how to use Adam. Yes, yes, he yes. is completely different in this album than he is ever again. Oh, in, so, in I'm all so glad you said that. Like that yeah. was something because I mean that that it's, I thought it was a different guy, and then I looked <laughs> yeah. up and like no, he they just utilized him better in other albums. Well, so Adam's I feel the like, co-vocalist. For yeah, those who absolutely. Don't know. Yeah. yeah, and so Ryan is the primary songwriter totally. and lead vocalist. Yes. and uh, Evan made a very good point the other day talking about how like. Adam on Parachute sounds like he is uh, trying to put on a character. Yeah. And I was like, well, he quite literally is. Yeah. You know, it's their first album. He didn't have the confidence to just no. be himself and sing yet. And he's and doing so Ryan's he was, words. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Right. So he's singing Ryan's words and Ryan's melody. He has Ryan right. in the room directing him, I'm sure. Definitely. But also to me, um, this album sounds like some dudes in college heard Indigo Girls, <laughs> and they were like, oh, that, we can do that. As guys. Yeah. We can do that. Except they couldn't do that because they didn't know how to write songs that stood on their own legs yeah. yet. And I that's mean, why, you know... It's, honest, kind, it's kind of a mental suicide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. And that's like, even even the strongest songs on here, when you look at like Fallen 2 and you look at... Uh, the title track, oh, Parachute. Yeah. It yeah, just, Parachute is like the one song that has survived out of this era for the most yeah. part. Yeah, I liked Eden. I liked Eden a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Taryn hates the prize for the record. Oh, God, yeah. Pri <laughs> the prize is up for, like, worst tracks they've done. Just because it's yeah. so utterly generic. And then Happy Frappy, which, first of all, <laughs> one of the worst song titles we've ever had on this podcast. Yeah. But also, Happy Frappy, um, especially... Having heard since their cover of Nothing But Flowers by Talking Heads, yes, literally is just it's almost a like a just a rip off, rip off recreation of that yeah. song, which is probably why when we heard them talking in that interview, they were like, We haven't played Happy Frappy in 15 years. And good, it's like, that's probably a good thing, yeah. like, <laughs> that's why you're still going, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, because you decided to just cover the song that you ripped off instead. Yeah, which is, like, good, probably a good thing. So, personally, like, my vote would, at the very, I mean, I think we're all on the group. I won't fight you at yeah. all. I would put Parachute at seven, I would put Evermotion at number six. That's, like... You're not gonna get a major argument yeah. out of me. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, cool, great. In I'm that case, let's go ahead and do it, guys. Uh, 1995's debut, and funny that we bookended themselves so, so clearly here. No, I mean, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, but we're all... We're ready to get into the good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. right. So, Taryn, uh, now that we've had those out of the way, number five. Oh, it's me? Yeah. Yeah, it's you, buddy. Okay. I'm so it's, curious. It's, you know... I think it's, I have an idea. It's between two and... Fallen two? No, not Fallen <laughs> two. I think... <sighs> You're going to uh, say Easy Wonderful, aren't you? I want to say Easy Wonderful, but I think if I'm being honest oh, with I myself, it might be Goldfly. Oh, really? Oh, we are on the exact same page. Really? We are on the exact oh. same you know, page. It's easy, those two. One of those we'll, two. We'll get sure. to blown away. We'll get to Easy Wonderful in a minute yeah. before we rank anything. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. But Easy Wonderful is like at least there's mm -hmm. some like exuberance here. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's there's hooks aplenty. Yeah. Even if they there might even they, be too many hooks. The, yeah. Sometimes about. it's like a hook, uh, like train wreck. Yeah, um, yeah. Like but, there's actually generally too yeah. many like, melodic things like going on in a single four song. Four different melodic yeah. things, and, and they don't play off each other. Again, I'll get to that. Yeah. But for, with Goldfly, yes, Goldfly is a really fun album, yeah. and you really start to hear the bones of the guster yes. that's going yes. to yes. come that's with the, the next couple of that's albums. That's the thing about those two albums, is that Goldfly is leading into Peak Guster, and then Easy Wonderful is leading out of Peak Okay, Guster. yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. how I feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I think Great Escape is a really fun opener. Yeah. I, you know, Demons has always been one of my favorites, especially having seen them do it live a couple times. Mm -hmm. They really bring a new energy to it. Um, airport song is probably. I mean, that's one of the best it, rock songs in, they've done at full stop. Oh, yeah, absolutely! Yeah. Like in the running for my favorite Looks Guster at song. Yeah, you know, like it just like rocks song. Right. Yeah. Right, and it's you know to the extent where you're like, where the fuck is this in the rest of your discography? Right, and it's like if that you can do this if you can if you can write a song like Airport Song, 
where is this grit and this darkness in the yeah. rest of your discography? Yeah. Also, Airport Song starts off so fucking dark. You know, like, who's your yeah. daddy? I'm your daddy now. And it's just like, where is this going? Yeah. What are you saying? I mean, it's, it's, like, it's yeah. like almost like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, There's an alternate about... universe where that's yeah. where they go. And, and it's also cool. the great thing about that song yeah. is that, like, that is not, the, they could not have pulled that off on Parachute. Like, that is something that has Very come true. out of maturity. Absolutely. That comes out of trying out and feeling yeah. confidence as a songwriter yeah. to tell a story that's outside of yourself. And then for me, I honestly, I love the run of Airport Song, Medicine, X-Ray Eyes, Grin. Like, these yeah. are, like, solid. They've got hooks. They have strong Structure. I'm not gonna lie, really... getting even is probably one of my biggest takeaways yeah. on here. And Rocket yeah. Ship's fine. Yeah, like, yeah Rocket Ship is perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. I'm always trying fine. to figure out what that's about, though, legitimately. I'm a... Yeah, like, yeah, mainly because you know, so like the pre-chorus right before, like yeah. I'm not a martyr, yeah. I am not to be worshipped. I'm like, so are you Elon Musk? Like, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out like what's going on precisely with that there. But then again, that's kind of the you know thing where like if you read Guster lyrics on paper, yeah, they're not great. But when you start actually getting into like the performance of it there, and especially like because Adam, like he sounds like a vocalist on this fucking album. He doesn't sound like he's right. doing a pose or something like. Da, 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 da. Right. You're like, exactly. oh my god! Dude. I know. Like when when you see him live, like I mean, I talked to Ed Taren earlier. I'm just like, he looks like he spends most of his time torturing fucking you know Tolkien elves. You know, like it's just like that's like what yeah. he does. But like I just feel like there's a lot more, so much more confidence <laughs> no, on here. But uh, yeah, hobbits. Let's just say hobbits. But um, yeah, I, don't know, I like this album a lot. I don't feel like it is the greatest album from them though I still feel like A the bongo percussion I know it's kind of their gimmick I also yeah. feel like it's especially two albums in it feels a little bit worn out mm-hmm. uh, where it's just like you know they're getting better at making it sound good but also like you guys and the, I mean it's one of those things where like I know they kind of want to move away from hand percussion to be like real drum kit shit mm-hmm. but also that's the thing that made them distinct at the beginning too I, but also you know I think about how on the couple of records after this how like distinct and not quite iconic, but almost to that point, some of the symbol hits are like, (laughs) that's such an important part of the structure of some of their greatest songs. And because they were strictly bongos all day, every day at this point, still, you don't have that other layer of texture. And especially if you're just, if you know, you're still only a three man band, you have guitar you have bass, you have vocals, and you have bongos. Yeah. And just simply the addition of cymbals does so much to their sound, even if he's playing the cymbals with his hands, which he does for years still yeah. out of this. So yeah, it's it's a very it's a very it's a needed change in their discography and obviously Goldfly doesn't have that yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah, I, I, I love Goldfly, yeah, is is leading into the Guster that like that we know and love as Guster. Easy Wonderful is, I think it's a good album, but there are these repetitions. There's the, you know, Stay With Me Jesus, and then Jesus and Mary. There's the What You Call Love, and Do You Love Me. Like, there are these interesting repetitions, and it feels like a lot of these things are just a little bit, like, lesser versions of songs they've done great. Like, those especially, you know, happier either way. Like, the... They've done that, those songs, better. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, so yeah. like, I feel like it, for me, it would be Evermotion at, uh, no, not Easy Wonderful at five and then Goldflat four. Interesting. And because the thing is, I feel like Easy Wonderful th- is also, again, very much the project of songwriters who've been at it for a while. So when you have an opener like art- Architects and Engineers, that's so the confidence that comes out of that that's song, true. you know, yeah. like it's just incredible. And I just love it. You know, like the specificity on there, you know, living on what was it, living on the fourth floor of an apartment here in Baltimore. Yeah. And like, just like, I feel like it's just an expanded worldview that he has. And then legitimately, I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. The Jesus, Jesus shit kind of brings it down. A little Which, bit. It's odd, and then you re- I mean, you read about it online, and they're like, we're not a Christian rock band. We just no. really enjoy, like, sort of the iconography and the stories of the Bible, yeah. and we feel like we want to draw upon that for their... But I feel like that's something they're constantly uh, defending. Yeah. You know, but, but this totally. one, it's, it's very... Well, earlier this week, you and I were checking in, because, you know, this is the first time you've been on the podcast, right. so I always like to, with new guests, like, to just check in, make sure yeah. everything's going cool. And, like, the thing is, you sent me not one, but multiple articles about the idea, like, is or a Christian rock band, which is like one of the things like they're not, but they could be. Don't That's like the thing, you know, like they're well, kind you of this. Start yeah. hearing some of these lyrics, and then you go, 
do I love a Christian rock band? And then like you look it up and you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the thing is that like, I feel like, because it's weird though, beforehand, I watched a documentary about the Easy Wonderful Sessions. They were with another producer uh, before they started recording this that was like pushing them back on everything. Like yeah. going in there, like dictating shit, like knew the musicality of their arrangements very well, but was like making them have a not fun time in the studio. So they had to kind of like, revamp or it redo was not it again. easy or wonderful. It, it basically. And the thing is that, like, and so, like, they kind of came out of this, I feel like they deliberately pushed everything into, like, this much more, it's a very optimistic, uh, almost to a fault album to a degree. It's and fun. at times it's very fun, right? This yeah. is how it feels to have a broken heart. That's where your fucking harmonica disco shit comes in. And it's, like, legitimately... There's <laughs> right, <they're laughs> literally yeah. never been a harmonica in a disco song. Oh, I I'm don't sorry. Know what they're innovators. It's about. great. It's fantastic. <laughs> Anywho, but in long story short, it's, like, it's a fun, upbeat, like ecstatic hi-hat driven wonderful number yeah. and then like there's other things like fucking Hercules later on and it's just kind of like I don't know that's what another one where you're just like say? what are the lyrics even you just like yeah. threw some words at the wall <laughs> it's filler <laughs> let's be real it's, it's filler yeah. it, I mean it is filler and that's I mean that's why it's we're talking about it for this lower position is yeah. because as much as there are some fun things on here. On the it's ocean. totally filler. Uh, yeah, on the ocean is, is easily my takeaway because it they create such texture, and it's very it's so beautiful and, and breezy too. And it's yeah. it's like there's reverb, but things aren't washed out. Yes. Which, which this album does fall into. Well, Evermotion falls into even more, but yeah. it does fall into a little bit of of a wash sometimes. You know, when we're talking about the hook train wreck. But, I don't know, there's just a lot of songs on here where I'm like, this didn't need to be Guster. You know, I, I feel like, again, when we're talking about peak era Guster, they had yeah. a very specific songwriting style, a, a, a certain kind of melody that you would expect from them. A Absolutely. certain, you know, even when the lyrics were basic and or stupid Miss Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there was still, a, it felt very much like a specific niche that they Absolutely. were filling. Whereas like Easy Wonderful yeah. came out in 2010 and sounds like approximately two dozen other albums that came out within those like four years, yeah. 2009 to 2013 with that whole like pop yeah. folk revival that happened and the... Hey, it, feels like, yeah. it feels like another band riffing on Guster. Yeah, you know like I mean? a Guster tribute band. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It feels like a Guster tribute band that's listened to too much uh, Mumford and & Sons and Group Love. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's why... Karen came bring up, it's like, this song sounds like Group Love. I think he said that about multiple I, like, songs. Like three or four. Well, basically every album, time yeah. they did the like, whoa, or like any time they did a whoa-oh hook yeah, yeah. post-chorus, I'm just like, e you guys... guys. Yeah, like they were better than that before. Yeah, they and then they, they kind of yeah. slipped into like easy <laughs> gimme hook making. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then it that, was easy. The, okay, so that brings the question then. I think Coop, did you say it was easy wonderful at five and Goldfly at four is what you were saying? Yeah, but I won't fight anyone for the reverse. No, I agree with yeah. you completely on I that. Won't. The more the more we talked about Easy Wonderful, especially I'm like what are the takeaways? Like, I like Bad Bad World, but, like, not as much as, like, some of the other songs on Goldfly. Yeah, that's you the know? thing. Yeah. I said Goldfly, but honestly, when you look at Easy Wonderful, the songs might be um, more enjoyable immediately, but have less staying power. Because yes. right. I feel like Goldfly has things that you'll go back to more. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean airport song alone, yeah. honestly elevates it above Easy Wonderful, but then you also have X-Ray Eyes. You yeah. also have Rocket Ship, you know? There's Easy Wonderful is very surface catchy, whereas Goldfly, there's a little bit more depth to it, a little bit more to chew on, and you're, it's going to sustain you a little bit longer than mm -hmm. Easy Wonderful is going to be, a, like, it's just very surface pop. You know? Also, angst is always going to bank for more interesting music. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in that case, I think it's pretty clear. I think it's going to be easy, wonderful, going in at number five in that spot right there. Also, Followed not bad album. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. Now we're but here's the problem though. We are now getting into the stuff. We are now down to Lost and Gone Forever. Keep it together and ganging up <laughs> it's on gonna the sun. This is exactly. Where, this is where. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This boy. is this is where. Yeah. Boys become men right here. Exactly. Well, yeah. Evan, do you have a nomination? You haven't nominated yet. No, I have not nominated yet, Taryn O'Reilly, and I'm about to, because and the thing is that like I'm no, nervous. no, you need no, you need, you need to be nervous though, because yeah. what I'm about to do. He knows what's coming right now. And yeah. it's worth having a debate. I see that look on his fucking face. He well, knows I feel like it. we're very much and on the, the same page, about to too. Slap you. I know, he is about to slap me. But the biggest thing, though, is that I feel like we're also, when it comes to these three albums, 
I genuinely feel like there are enough great moments and great takeaways between them that yeah. I think it becomes a little bit more finer yeah. in terms of determining it. So when it's I nominate Keep It Together at number three, mm. I feel like it's one of the things where there's still so many other wonderful things on there. And I think the biggest thing ultimately comes down to, I think Taryn and I just fundamentally disagree about the artistic merits of ganging up on the sun. And we're going to get to that in a moment here. However, I feel like genuinely, like Lost and Gone Forever, let's just talk about them all briefly for just a little bit there. Lost and Gone Forever, they got signed to a major label, the same major label that re-released Goldfly because they saw the potential in the band. But then they paired them up with a producer named Steve Lillywhite. And Steve Lillywhite, he's best known for working with Dave Matthews Band, a group that has a very eclectic style. Oh, God, and I can taste totally like, hear that. Except, yeah, exactly. Except Steve Lillywhite is renowned as a great producer, and he knows how to make this band fucking pop. Because, like, God, Lost and Gone Forever is a well-produced album, like, straight through. The bongos are still there, but they are, like, it feels like the songs are fleshed out, and they are embellished. Well, honestly, it's yeah. just a matter of knowing how to properly mic bongos. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not even, it's not even, like, that they're mixed differently. Uh-huh. Like, they're basically sitting in the same place in yeah. the mix. It's just that they... You know, there's the dynamics are less extreme, right? And there's but like, just honestly, a better sound to them. Exactly, and like honestly, when those bass hits come in on two points for honesty, <gasps> but just like when I hear that, it's just like it just sounds like more like overwhelming. It sounds like more like I don't know why I want to say oval shaped for no reason. I just like feel like that's <laughs> like a sound that feels applicable to that. But like the, it sounds so well produced. Yeah. And so for keep it together, it feels like well, it, it's weird though because in going through the lyrics, Lost and Gone Forever is kind of a bitter album. It's kind of a, like it's a super bitter. Yeah. yeah. It is. Oh, it's rough. I mean, that's where I'm talking about, like, the angst from Goldfly. Yeah. That's absolutely still here in Lost and Gone Forever. Oh, they got their hearts beat yeah. around the time of Lost and Gone Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So it's my, and so I feel like there's a tension that kind of makes it a very interesting album. And so Keep It Together is an album where I feel like there's a little bit more of a lilt of kind of romanticism to it. There's like some great fucking numbers on here. And you got to keep in mind, when I nominated a number three, it's not like a personal affront or anything else to you. It's more of the fact that it's just like... I feel like there's an optimism to it, and there's amazing moments on here, and then there's Red Oyster Cold. You know, like, it just kind of feels I love like... Red Oyster Cold! <laughs> I do too, I yeah. Love, it's so fun. Because the thing I is, love Red Oyster Cold. Yeah. Here's my feeling. I, I, but, do, you, do you want to finish up with Gangnam? No, 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 please, please. Jump my in. feeling is that Lost and Gone Forever and Keep It Together are two albums that have very distinct voices and themes and identities, whereas I don't know quite what the identity of Ganging Up on the Sun is. Okay. Whereas, like, Lost and Gone Forever is an album that I... Anytime I have any issues of the heart, I go to. Okay. Keep It Together is a little bit more funky. They're they're trying. They're pushing the limits of what a Guster album can be, and like they're you know come uh, come downstairs and say hello. Red oh, Oyster Call. I hope yeah. tomorrow is like today. Like there's they're it's they're expanding. They're mm-hmm. they're testing the limits, and they're like Gang Up the Sun is refined. It's wonderful. I love it, but it's not. There's something exciting about the growth of Lost and Gone Forever and to keep it together, whereas Gang Up in the Sun feels really nice and established and very sturdy, but it's not quite as exciting as those last two Okay, so my only other thing I'm going to say about this, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, it sometimes feels like certain bands like Death Cab or whatever, they get to this point where like they stop, like, there's an enthusiasm for songwriting and then it becomes their day job. Yeah. Like, it's that part where they come come from songwriters into craftsmen. Yeah. Where they could just write off songs, like, at any goddamn point. And I think... uh, if I were to articulate what I think Terrence's idea would be, I feel like uh, ganging up on the sun is probably that point where, like, they yeah. essentially like become like this is like part of their I mean, job. The yeah. fact that you have a song called "Come On" and "Hang On" on the same record mm-hmm. and you're really both hung of up them, about that. I I just and this, this was this yeah. was I mean specifically this record be made that a thing for me, and then I've I've repeated it. Across, like, you know, when Lake Street Dive has a song called Hang On, and then, you know... Everyone, Alabama Shakes. Everybody, Alabama Shakes has a song called Hang On. Everyone has a song called Hang On. And all and of them... And One Ren Wrecking Machine. And, <laughs> and every, all of them have the same lyrics. Yeah. And they aren't specific whatsoever. Sure. It's yeah. all just, like, various, like... That's you know, yeah. various inspirational platitudes and it's just it's just a complete waste of time yeah. they don't do anything interesting with the melody they don't do anything interesting with interesting with the arrangement or the orchestration which is especially glaring considering when you look at like 
Uh, Ruby Falls is on this mm-hmm. record. The Captain is on this record. Manifest Destiny is on this Actually, record. Actually, there's that run there's of like... tracks two through four, Satellite, Manifest Destiny, One Man Wrecking Machine. I love Just the Captain, doing, too. The band, the, the Captain. Oh, my God. And the Captain's fucking They're doing great. amazing yeah. things with the orchestration, with the arrangement on this record and then you get to the end of it and you have like just the incredible blandness of Empire State yep. oh, um, yeah. which like not even seeing live could um, like reconcile for me yeah, I was yeah. just like no 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 this is truly a nothing little song yeah. the beginning of the end is like uh, sort of... What's not the beginning of the The thing is, oh, that's the other thing that's weird about this record is that, like, you have the new underground and you have the beginning of the end, which should be hearkening back to, like, the grit and the darkness that we liked off of Goldfly and Lost and Gone Forever, but for some reason, at this point in their career, a all of a sudden... Mainline. All of a sudden, they're not pulling it off. No. Like, they're not... Like, I, I don't... You, you're writing angry lyrics, you're giving me aggressive chord progressions and riffs, but yeah. I'm not buying that you actually feel this way. Angry is a strong word for some of those songs, though. That's the Maybe thing. not angry, yeah. but you get what I mean. Minor yeah. key. A agree, little more on the aggressive side. Yeah. Especially when you compare it to how... Especially Keep It Together, Ganging Up on the Sun, there's so yeah. many tracks that are very open and bright, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. They're also hungrier for keep Lost and Gone Forever and Keep Together. They don't seem as hungry. Right, no, and I think, but I you think know? that's also, like, a, a point to, to that thing where, like, they've established themselves. They don't necessarily need to be. This yeah. is actually the first album that integrates their new member, Joe, as the fourth member of the band, and he's actually one of the co-producers on this album, right. too, because, yes. like, he wants to, and it sounds, of all the albums, it sounds the most professional. It sounds the sleekest. It sounds like, and it's weird, Absolutely. though, because, like, when I hear Satellite, like, that is such a next-level, like, pop melody. It's good. On yeah. there. Like, it's just, really? like, well, it's quality. It's so good. Yeah. By far, in this era, their most successful song. When you look at iTunes sales, when you look at Spotify yeah. streams, It's apparently like their first song that ever went gold, which is, yeah. like, crazy to me. Like, of all the fucking Guster well, songs, Well, and, like, really? Satellite is the yeah. song that, like, other <laughs> other people, if they knew who Guster was, that was the song they knew. Yeah. When I when like in high school. Yeah. Again, for me, like I remember back in the nineties when I saw the fucking music video for Fafa keep popping up. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> you know, like that was my thing back in the day. So like that, and so that being said, though, like keep it together. I would. And here's the thing, like I know you have a deep love of keep it together, Taryn. I would also argue that you would probably not necessarily even call it like a full blown end end every song's perfect kind of album. It's not perfect, yeah. but it is one of my favorite albums of all time. And yes. having oh. seen them twice on the tour for this record... They kind of brought some of the well, songs because to they light. Just, yeah. I mean, they, t- they toured, f- like, 2003 through 2006 before Ganging Up on the Sun came out. Yeah. They toured non-stop. Like... Literally, like there were there were times when they were in my city that I didn't see them during this period, <laughs> and you still saw and them the, twice. And I still saw them twice. Yeah, so like I I've heard oh, them so do good. these songs so many times, and I just because I also I saw them on the Ganging Up on the Sun tour. I saw them on the Easy Wonderful tour. Like I've heard them I've heard them do the Keep It Together song so many times, and I grew up on this shit that I know I have nostalgia goggles on. However. I, think I don't want to take them off. Diane is such Diane. a Diane solid, such a beautiful yeah. opener. It's one of the best songs that Ryan has ever written. Oh, yeah. And Careful is actually fucking wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, all, this... Like, that first three-song stretch of that album is actually pretty good. Because then you go to Amsterdam, which I know is kind of their AM whatever hit type thing. Yeah. But, like, it works. Like, the guitar lines work. I've actually performed Amsterdam. Have you really? Oh, my, I'd my, love my, to see that. My, uh dad's 50th birthday party Uh i think he had a concert anyway um i love that but yeah i mean you know and then i'll 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 give it to you like homecoming king is kind of stupid ramona is a wonderful melody yeah and has some of the dumbest fucking lyrics lyrics that where have you been no 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 you were miss oklahoma And you, you miss, miss Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Fuck off! What you want? Right, like oh, you couldn't think of anything else shit. to try and run from me. Any album, <laughs> any album that has "Come Downstairs and Say Hello" on it. Okay, is okay, 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 okay. You have so you have um, "Come Downstairs and Say Hello," which is easily the most experimental they. Besides, it's incredible. It's like it was it was the blueprint for Ruby Falls, and Ruby Falls didn't quite live up to it. No. It's still fucking right. phenomenal. How could it? How right. Could it yeah. right. But like, yeah. come downstairs and say hello is like, 
it's it's when you look at just like individual one-off like melodic lines yeah. and when you look at just the overall structure of the song like the abc verse chorus like it breaks convention it has this whole like beautiful swelling outro the, i mean where that's what all you of the for, instrumentalists honestly. yeah all yeah. of the instrumentalists are like doing their absolute best work and then you go into red oyster cult which feels like i don't know like almost like a John Lennon number, but that yeah. not, not at all. Like, it has the whistling break, and it has it all of these break. various... Yeah. Again, again, you have, like, a lot of different melodic lines happening, but not to the extent where Easy Wonderful, where it just feels like a mess. Like, everything yeah. feels very crisp. And oh, what was the other one on here? What am I... Th- Never mind. Which, well, then also it ends with... Uh, well, I hope tomorrow's like, like today, which is, like... Yeah, a Ben Queller the... re- uh, co-write, and it's just... One of the most well, beautiful songs they've done. Yeah, you know, like it's. I yeah. love it. Like it's it. You, my heart just sings for that song. I mean, I hope tomorrow. Oh, okay, great. so here's the question then. Yeah. Though I tossed "Keep It Together" out there, mm-hmm. Taryn clearly has some antipathy towards "Ganging Up with the Sun." Two questions. One, you being the Guster fan, especially during this era, I'm just curious what your initial reaction was to like to "Ganging Up with the Sun" when you first heard it. And then I want to hear what Coop has. Yeah, so when Ganging Up on the Sun came out, I, um... Bought that CD. Yeah, I mean... We all did, My my dad bought that CD. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) But, you know, I I liked it a lot, but... Over time. Every... Pretty much every single time, I stopped listening after The Captain, which is only track 5 out of 12. Yeah. Which is not... A good endorsement for this record even if like ruby falls is really good but i've already spoken about my gripes on new underground come on empire state beginning of the end hang on and then you know dear valentine is pretty generic too and it just like with how like when we're not even looking at lyrics not even looking at orchestration when we're just talking about melody like how strong is the song writing like the bones that you're given to to work with I just don't think that Ganging Up on the Sun is as good as the two albums before it it just doesn't uh, again it it falls into that craftsman thing Mm -hmm. they've been touring again non-stop they've been pretty much touring since like 97 they're so like used to their craft that this album just kind of feels like it fell out of them and I don't feel the same. Yeah, the the like you said, Dave. The hunger is missing. Yeah, yes. So uh, I mean, so I just tossed it out there, though. I have a feeling you would nominate "Ganging Up with the Sun" at the very least at number three. And keep mm-hmm. in mind, you still would be nominating it at number three over right. several other albums, right? Yeah, exactly. But it is. Not, it's it's un- unquestionably "Ganging Up in the Sun" is not on the same level as the other two we have left for me. Coop, I couldn't agree more. Okay, like, I, I absolutely could not agree more. For me, it's all about forever and together. Like those are when I <laughs> no, I know I'm truncating the titles. Yeah, but it, for me, when I think Guster, I think those two albums. Like like really like my love of Guster comes from them. I loved Ganging Up on the Sun when it came out. I got it too. It was in, I remember being in college and listening to it. And I, the Captain has my heart. I fucking yeah. love oh, Definitely. The Captain yeah. is one of one of my favorite songs it's, from them. Yeah, exactly. Like, top five yeah. probably. But it's, it's just not those last two. Yeah. Those last two for me are just... The, uh, I I don't even know what they could be for n- number one and two, but like it's it's those yeah, two in my heart. In my heart. Yeah. I just can't remember what Backyard sounds like. For the life. In the Backyard. backyard. <laughs> In the garden. It's gonna turn into a fucking Alright, well, before we go any further, though, I yeah. think it's fair to say we can put Ganging Up the Sun oh, at yeah. our number three spot. So to just which re- is beautiful, a nice right. little snug place for it, you know. Right. <laughs> and so to recap, uh, number number seven is Parachute. Number six is Emotion. Number five is Easy Wonderful. Number four is Goldfly. Number three is Ganging Up the Sun. Which I know it down to what people yeah. would just debate about lusting on forever. Keep it together, Dave Coop. It's now your turn. God. Oh my Number god! Number two. This is like this. Number two. This is because I mean, all right. Full disclosure: I came into this thing thinking there's no way "Lost and Gone Forever" was not my number one. But man, "Keep It Together" is fucking great. Like it's great, okay. and it's it's like I feel like "Lost and Gone Forever" is their most like 
it's it's emotional and it's hungry and it's early like and it's it's really like one that you're really kind of you really get the sense of identity whereas keep it together with like come downstairs and say hello red oyster call is them kind of getting a little more funky expanding what it can be being a little bit more experimental I don't know. Like, my heart says... Okay, okay. Yeah. All I can say is that we've talked a lot about Keep It Together. Let's just talk about Lost, Lost and Cup Forever a oh. little bit. Exactly. I mean, my favorite Guster song of all time is Two Points for Honesty. It's a great fucking song. It's but my I feel, favorite I feel song. like uh, if this that's album... All you will be, you'll be away. Like, dude, oh, it's perfect. I think it's just a perfect song. I feel like uh, the most big fan songs come out of this album. Like, every yeah. every album has some fan songs on here. But when you have Barrel of a Gun, when you have Fafa, you can put on Ice Spy or Center of yeah. Attention. Yeah. yeah, I mean, either, either way, again, having seen them live a lot of times, either way gets... A lot of crowd engagement. Everyone is wailing that thing. When you get like center of attention, when you get that tight, 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 yeah. everyone's on board. When you get happier, where there's the oh, two yeah. different vocal oh. lines interacting, oh. again, everyone is screaming this. You know, I think I'm gonna agree with you. I feel like probably when you get when you have like lifelong fans fan favorites even people who maybe discover them later yeah. they go back and listen to lost and gone forever and there are just so many tracks on here where you're just so fucking excited that it's yeah. happening mm-hmm. it, like i spy also i understand your like not being able to pick because it's i it's they're very close for me too and honestly going into this week it was unquestionably keep it together for me because it's just it's more. It's a more um, light-hearted, enjoyable listening experience. Oh, one hundred percent. You can put, keep it on together at any time. Whereas I feel like Lost and Gone Forever. It's the bitter. It's, it's bitter. Sharp. You have yeah. to be in the right mood for. Except it. Except the thing is that like they also make it so relatable though. Like you could have a oh, bitter, yeah. drawn-out, like pissed-off album. But like the thing is they they marry all of these things because honestly, Happier is a pretty pissed-off fucking song. It's oh, a pretty yeah. like fuck you kind of song. And yet it is one of the most singable melodies you could possibly have, like, on Augusta Realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next to Fafa, which is about nothing, it feels like everything. Well, well, I, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. is like I love Fafa and Barrel of a Gun, but they're both kind of about nothing. Right. But then also, but they very much feel like the parallels to Careful in Amsterdam for me. Yeah. You know, it's like the big... 100%. Like, out the gate. Yeah. They're the, like, gimme pop numbers. Yeah. Like, good melodies, nice mm-hmm. and, like, bright open and then as you get later into the records it's you start getting into yeah. more of the grit and also this album does not have jesus on the radio on it so that's I think true that's kind of I, a- <laughs> I i love i love jesus on the I radio and was shocked to find out that it was the first joe pizzanzio co-write that's not yeah. his last name but it's yeah. close it's like piss um, yeah. but then but that's the guy who ended up joining the band for ganging up on the send and easy wonderful and then and left to be part of katie lang's bang yeah that's a better yeah. So then they, they brought in Luke, was the other guy? I mean, they have a wonderful yeah. round of generic named members joining their band <laughs> at any point. Ryan, Brian, Adam, Luke. Like, okay, Joe. cool, yeah. yeah. I can't wait for them, Michael, to join the band on the next album. Or Followed Dave. by Steve. I would yeah. join in a second. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you just see the one tambourine hit at the end. Dude. Bam! <laughs> Bucket roast right yeah. there. Oh my god. All join right. Guster. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, well listen, uh, Dave, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But I'm going to have you face down the barrel of a gun right. right now. Number two. Keep it together. Least, keep it together. Really? Yeah. Okay. Lost and Gone Forever is my number one. I, I, and just talking about it reignited it like my heart. It's very, If my heart is singing true, it's it's Lost and Gone Forever's number one. And it's funny because I always do like a like I, I try to rank the tracks yeah. very scientifically as to how much like what my favorites are. Yeah. And for me, Keep It Together has bunch that are the highest but when you're talking about overall album experience Mm. i think i have to agree with you i think that lost and gone forever because it has more it just has more depth to it Mm -hmm. and and even when the lyrics are a little more basic on here you kind of you you buy it more. It's the same reason we we chose Goldfly over Easy Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, no, I it's, think it's a yeah. they have Pretty an interesting so. parallel. Yeah, like they really are. Like they're they they hop back and forth between yeah. their two extremes. Well, yeah, it's like they're and then we are meeting at the middle of these two. Well, no, even more than that. 
we have seven albums to rank, and we started out the first album and the last album, and then we went yeah. to the second and first album, second and last album, and then exactly. we can, That's we can like narrow it down a little bit. So by that logic, keep it together should be number one. But I also feel like I mean. I yeah, it's just like ultimately, Lost and Gone Forever is the album that built Guster into what they are. They've had other albums, they've yeah. other songs on there, they have it's other where wonderful I felt mo- exactly. Yeah. But like that's the one where like their career is based off of Lost and Gone Forever. If I mean, we're gonna be honest with ourselves. I mean, that's that's the For era. Good that's the era that I was introduced to them too. Yeah, you know, 100%. my my sister and dad saw them opening for John Mayer <gasps> while they were promoting Lost and Gone Forever. <laughs> cool, and they brought home a copy of Goldfly. <laughs> and the rest is history. I love that. That's great. Well, guys, you know what? I think we've had a wonderful discussion. I think we've had a wonderful debate. I think it's time that we call it. Guys, let's go ahead and do it. Number seven is Parachute. Number six is Evermotion. Fuck you. Uh, number five <laughs> is Easy Wonderful. Number four is Goldfly. Number three, Ganging Up on the Sun. Number two, Keep It Together. And as we know, the number one album, Guster on Ice. It's great. They're live. They're doing all the different tracks. It's Say fantastic. it. Say it. It is live. Lost and Gone Forever is number one. Uh, so, guys, that is a debate. That is mm. a discussion. But, you know, mm. we have so much more to mm. talk about. That, i got to tell you, though, that ranking is mm, it's perfect. Magnifique. It's perfect. I, that is, that is a yeah. ranking I cannot even possibly argue with. I'm all right with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, But the thing is that we still have so many other stories to tell. Oh, I can't we wait. have to talk about uh, Ryan being an asshole. We have to talk about the bongos being live. We have to talk about the fucking Meow album. We have to talk about seeing them live. We have so many other things to talk about, and that is going to be the Happy Hour mini right after this. But until then, though, two things. One, please do us a favor. Follow, find us on iTunes. When you do a ranking, other people see it, and it's fantastic. Even if it's just one star, like, yeah, Evan sucks. I get it. It's fine. I know me. He's but kind of annoying. I am. It's really. I kept saying disco a lot. But Reddit, most importantly... Reddit, Reddit <laughs> agrees with me. Reddit agrees with you're, you're just idiosyncratic. Yeah, that's really all it is. <laughs> uh, just one inch, you son of a bitch. But most importantly, though... Uh, itch. One itch. Yeah. Most importantly, though... <laughs> I've already corrected you on that. I don't think you have. Most Without importantly, the though... <laughs> I do want to say, of all things... Dave Coop, thank you so much. For oh, it was my here. absolute is, pleasure. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so mm. glad you brought the knowledge oh, and the man. love. This and is, the, this is great. I, I, yeah. And there's a happier minister. I can't wait. I can't. So I, you can't wait. I know the audience can't wait. So please keep a listen. You know there will be. Have a good one, guys. Good. Welcome to the review universe. Promo! The Review Universe with Chris and Steve is a podcast about two men who are hired to review everything in the universe. We're stuck in a tiny room together filled with pneumatic tubes while two shadowy figures dictate what we have to review next. Anything from pizza to pop stars to the entire state of Wisconsin. A new episode every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. We give this promo a 100 out of 100. 100. <laughs>